and welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances and I'll be your hostess. Hi, this is kind of episode 243's False Front. The episode will start for reals in a minute, but I recorded the first quilt diary, uh, maybe like the week of QuiltCon, right? Or the week before QuiltCon. And then I had recorded a second quilt diary about QuiltCon that I decided to, to, to scrap, and you'll hear why later. And then I recorded a, a, another quilt diary, maybe last week, to replace the second quilt diary to kind of have a full podcast. I just listened this morning, and here's the problem. That first quilt diary I recorded, oh, let's, whenever it was, I had just gotten back from taking Will to get a physical, all right? I was talking about being sick. I actually coughed directly in your face. I'm so sorry about that. But this was all about... Uh, and I was talking, yeah, and I talk about being sick, but what I was talking about being sick in January, I was pretty much sick the entire month of January, although it wasn't intensely sick. It was like a week of feeling really bad. It was an odd bug. A lot of people here had it, uh, for everybody I know it lasted five or six weeks. It still flares up now. It's very strange. Um, not, but nothing terrible, you know, just really just like having, well, I think I had the flu, um, but not coronavirus that really hadn't come over to the best of our knowledge. The reason I'm doing this false front is you might be listening to that first quilt diary and think, is she sick? It's also in light of coronavirus could sound a little, not only, uh, it could sound a little bit like, oh my goodness, because I don't even think I say the date, right? After you're listening to it, you realize I'm recording before QuiltCon. So basically, it's just weird. I'm just warning you. It's a little weird. It might even seem a little insensitive, given what's going on now. I didn't mean to be. I didn't know what was going to happen. Right? So today, by the way, is March 13th, Friday the 13th, of one of the more chaotic years I have known. Um, I'm fine. All is well. All is well in, in, in the world of the Dow's and the O'Rourke's, um, but yeah, everything is good, but you're going to listen to that first quilt diary, and if you don't know that it was recorded mid-February, it might freak you out, or you might think it's insensitive, it's not, but I am good, everyone's good, the man and Will are picking up Jack at Davidson, Davidson's been closed. They're doing a great job. They have a significant international st student population. And so they are not closing the campus. If you can't get home, you can stay there. There'll be like limited meal service and what have you. But classes will now be remote. Will School also doing the same. They're on spring break this week, the absurdly early spring break. When the spring break has been extended till Tuesday, March 17th, they will go back to school online on Wednesday. They're really lucky um, because it's a private school and you have to have middle school and high school. Middle schoolers I have maybe have iPads, although they may have switched 
to laptop. But that's part of the tuition. I know, it's crazy. And the upper school kids, high school kids have laptops. So they can do this. And obviously, um, by and large, the population that the school serves has good Wi-Fi, dependable computers, etc., etc. So this is all going to be weird. Uh, you'll be hearing from me about it. I have spent much of the day cleaning upstairs, particularly Will's room. You know, Will has a suite. It's not really a suite, but he has um, a very small bedroom, but then a larger room that's still not that big, but that he uses as his study, and um, and it's a sty. And so I've been cleaning it, one, because I did not do a good job training my children to clean up after themselves. That's actually going to have to start this week with one son almost 21 and the other uh, 17 and a half. Uh, they're going to learn to clean up after themselves. They know how to do laundry. There are a lot of things they do know how to do, but I have to say I've been a bad mom in some ways, have not pushed hard enough to make these children actually put their dishes in the dishwasher. They are good about bringing dishes into the sink, but now I'm making them go whole hog. So they've had chores, right? So they've, you know, garbage, recycling, and all that. So I'm not a total slacker, but uh, I'm going to have to get hardcore on them because this is going to be a lot. And I know a lot of us in this community are dealing with the same thing. And so I have it relatively easy. I already work at home. Uh, the man can easily work at home. Our children are, you know, we don't have to worry about childcare. I know a lot of people are struggling and scrambling. Uh, a lot of schools are closing. There's a lot of stuff going on. So I certainly am no way complaining. Believe me, I will milk, be milking this for humor because mostly it'll be humorous, but a little stressful. Let's do a lot of quilting. Let's stay in touch. Let's be friends. Um, I, but yes, but I'm cleaning my son's room because when he gets home today, that's the level he's keeping that room at. But also because I think order is important, for, certainly for my mental health. And honestly, my mental health is the most important mental health in this, in this house, right? You need me to be on an even keel. And that means you need to do your own recycling and put your dishes in the dishwasher and learn how to use a hamper. Lessons to be learned starting now, my friends. So anyway, episode 223. Um, I hope everyone is healthy. I hope you're prepared. I don't think there's any need to panic. I think the main thing is, you know, make a pot of soup this weekend. Put it, put it in smaller containers, freeze the containers. If you're under 60 and in good health, you know, that's the thing to concern yourself with. Make sure that if you do get the virus, you've got food. You don't need to send anyone out. You, you know, it's all good. If you're older, you know, older than, if you're over 60 or have a compromised immune system, I hope that you are self, that you are, uh, I can't think of the word. Jen, what's the word? What's the word? Um, the word, of course, is quarantining. If you are quarantining yourself, um, no, I've lost the thought on that. I'm sorry, because I was like, so anyway, I hope you are able to do that without too many problems. I hope that you have people in your community 
that are helping you and getting you stuff the need. I think they're going to make more toilet paper. I think we're going to all be okay in that regard. Just everybody, let's wash our hands a lot. Don't touch the face. That is really hard as we are, we are all learning. Like, oh man, I touch my face all the time. But let's take care of one another. This is a great opportunity for community building. We are members of one another. So saith St. Paul, don't want to get religious on anybody, but it's true. I think that's one of my favorite things ever said in any book of any kind. We are members of one another. Let's take care of each other. Let's make some quilts. All right, then. On with the quilt diary. Ease. On with the quilt diaries. Here we go. Let's get started. Okay. And welcome to episode 243, the It's Quilt Con and I'm Not There episode. And it makes me sad. Although, to be honest, it's in Austin this year, which in Austin is a great city. It's a great city I've not been to in decades. But I graduated from high school in Colleen, Texas. And Austin was about an hour away. And that was kind of my first um, city of adventure, you know, where we would... I was 18 and my friends and I would get in the car and we would go see shows. And at that time in Texas, the drinking age was 18. So that meant you could get into bars and watch bands. And that was a lot of fun. So Austin has such um, great associations for me. I know it's a very different place now. Like every every place is a very different place now. But um, yeah, so I would love to go to Austin. But the fact is... Uh, it would be a pretty serious undertaking to get there. And having been sick for a month, I'm like, I don't want to be around the germs. Yesterday, not the quilters have germs. No, they don't. But yesterday, uh, I took Will over to urgent care to get his physical for baseball. And practices have already started. The physical has to be in by uh, Friday, I think, which may be their first game. That's crazy. That can't be true. But this has to be before the first game, I guess. I don't know. I haven't even looked at the schedule. Oh, my goodness. It's baseball again. Anyway, so we went over to urgent care. And you can make an appointment for urgent care for physical. So we did that. And I was just like, don't touch anyone, which really wasn't going to be an issue. Don't breathe near anyone. We're going to sit as far away from other people as we can to avoid all contact. I brought uh, the hand sanitizer. So as soon as we got out of there, sanitized our hands, came home, washed our hands very seriously so that we would not both be sickened yet again by the horrible virus that's going around that lasts forever. I'm meeting up with all sorts of people like, yeah, I've had it for three weeks now. I'm like, yeah, you'll have it for four, honey. And beyond, I still have it a little bit. I feel fine, but I'm still a little bit congested. And Saturday, I actually kind of felt sick again a little bit. I'm just like, what is this thing? It's horrible. The physical itself was hilarious. So this is Duke Urgent Care. So you get these you get a mix of doctors attending you, but oftentimes they're young, you know, sort of just doing a residency or whatever doctors do in, in their early training. Um, and the doctor who, who quote unquote examined Will, it was like the shortest physical ever. Um, my joke has been, Will, Will, Will could be dying. That physical would not even indicate that anything was remotely wrong because it was so... Um, Oh, just efficient. 
But this guy, he was a young guy, and he had very cool shoes. We'll inform you later. They were Nikes. I can't. I think any quilter or anyone in love with textiles would love these shoes. I can ask Will. He would tell me what they were called. He knows an extraordinary amount about shoes. Um, he, he knew how much they cost. He's like, oh, yeah, those are 200 bucks. I'm like, okay. But they look like they were woven out of many, many colors. They were, and, and they look like, like, do they, these shoes offer support? And the doctor said yes, and that they were incredibly comfortable. And, oh, man, they were great shoes. But anyway, but the first thing the doc says when he walks in the room, he looks at Will's shoes. He's like, cool shoes, dude. And Will's like, yeah, I was about to say that about yours. And the whole physical, it's like they were just chatting about various things. And one of them go, yeah, cool, cool. And they were like, yeah, cool, cool. That was the whole thing. You know, can you do some jumping jacks? Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, cool, cool. It was just, it just cracked me up, the whole thing. Um, so anyway, so from the very little exam, <laughs> oh God, he seems to be healthy. His vital signs are good, um, and he does hasn't had a recent concussion. He has no health issues, so we're very uh, fortunate and blessed in that way, man. So, but. I, we, as soon as we got out, I'm like, here's the hand sanitizer. We got, we just beat back the germs. And I don't know what QuiltCon will be like, um, but right now I just feel like everybody is a potential germ bomb. So happy to miss that. Sad to miss the rest of it. Sad to miss the quilts in particular. Sad not to be there with my girl Emma from the Quilt Alliance. If you are going to QuiltCon and you want to do a good deed, I don't know if I'll have this posted before it though um next year volunteer in the booth poor emma is on her own she's got people volunteering people are starting to sign up so we're excited about that um but yeah anyway but the great thing about uh going last year i went sort of with the quilt alliance and so i got to be an exhibitor and with my exhibitor pass i got to go in early and just roam the quilts and i loved that so much i'm so excited to see what will be there what what you know it's it's I'm, I feel like the last couple years there've been so many I don't want to say advances but maybe it is advances certainly and I've talked about this ad nauseum it's like you know a, a lot of people who came into modern quilting as non-sewists as we say, have learned to sew and have learned to sew hard things. And so that's what we're seeing, you know, starting to see more difficulty in the quilts. I don't think that sounds right. It makes them sound like they're difficult and, you know, have poor manners and chew with their mouth open. So that's not what I mean. I mean, the quilts exhibit um, skills on the part of their makers that are at a higher level of difficulty i there's got to be easier way to say that but i'm not stumbling upon it right now so we'll move on so anyway just you know the the kind of design we're seeing is so sophisticated that was probably the easier way to say that um and it's exciting so the question for me is will things right now will they have leveled off a little bit i have to see i have to say i'm sorry that uh on Instagram, looking at the QuiltCon quilts, the people who posted and said, I'm going to Quilt, not I'm going to QuiltCon, but basically my quilt got into QuiltCon, um, there were similarities. Again, a lot of tons of uh, wonderful quilts, but I, I am seeing some similarities, and I feel like that's 
how things, you know, that's how evolution is. I don't know if that's really how evolution is. We know that evolution takes a lot of time, but I, I feel like things, there's a forward movement and then a little bit of stasis, and then someone says, I'm bored, and does something completely different and new. There are always quilters who I think are idiosyncratic. They are doing their own thing um, with you know, without regard to the latest fashions. Not that I think that people, you know, I, I think I think about this a lot, particularly with modern quilting, which really, you know, hovers over that border between art and craft. And and with craft, we, we imitate, we use, you know, we um, received forms. So for someone to not be absolutely iconoclastic with their quilt design, that's totally cool in quilting. It's in some ways less cool than in art because art is express an expression of an individual vision. You could say, I don't know. I'm, I haven't even thought this stuff through. I'm just spouting it. I was about to say spewing it. And that's just, again, like the difficult quilts, not quite what I'm after. Um, yeah, but anyway, so sometimes you feel like, oh, I just keep seeing that quilt over and over, or that pattern, that design, that that gesture again and again. It's like, yeah, but this is a craft, right? And cra that's how craft works, but it's also an art. And I think art, there's, you know, it's, it's like you're trying to get at something, I don't know, especially you're trying to get at something original, and that's not exactly true. But we all are idiosyncratic beings and so you and I can both look at the same vase and paint it differently and have a different approach and my painting will be really really bad because I can't paint um you know um, and I think that that's what uh in some way it separates art from craft and again in quilting it's such a blurred fuzzy line and particularly modern quilting um it's it's like is this a craft or is this you know is this a work of art and of course it can be both i know i know me and my categories um again categories are useful in terms of well academic papers which this is not but you know just a way of talking about things but uh, categories are useful as a as a tool for thinking about things and of course i'm always interested in that um in those inter interstices 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 I don't know I'm a reader not a talker so but you know those places those in between places right where one thing is becoming another thing yes that is yeah I do I like that that kind of I like that ambiguity of you know and, and that which I think that that line between art and craft is an ambiguous line which way are you leaning so I don't think it matters and I'm not trying to yeah I think when it is a negative thing when when categories are negative is because they're trying to keep somebody out of that category right when you're saying you can't be in this club because what you're doing is craft not art that's not what i'm trying to to do i'm just trying to think here girls i'm just trying to think i'm excited it's quilt con you know how i get so as far as my own personal quilt con i actually am gonna have a personal quilt con i've got i'm teaching this week i'm still doing this writer's residency over uh, uh elementary school in chapel hill it's very fun although on friday i went in and started doing some mini conferences and that's when the introvert in me it did not kick in during the conferences but it certainly kicked in afterward when all my energy was drained 
from my body by the time I got home at 12 noon and and I wish I could nap I wish I could have just come home had some lunch and then taken a two-hour nap and popped up I am not a napper uh, occasionally I can do a really late afternoon 20 minute nap but I'm really not a napper so I couldn't do that so most I just lie around and go uh, which is pathetic um, anyway but I, I, I'm going in Tuesday which is tomorrow and Thursday and we'll be doing more mini conferences so I know I'm going to be tired um, so I think instead of coming home and planning to work in the afternoon like work on some other writing projects I think I'm going to quilt I'm, I'm almost done with my reverse applique name project which when I'm done I'm going to explain it fully what I'm doing but for some reason I'm just keeping it to myself for the time being um, I have washed Kate's quilt believe it or not so hopefully I will have some pictures in the show notes uh, I got to get the man to take some pictures. Now I'm just doing like, I'm looking around for little places that I need might need to uh, repair, essentially. I talked about that with the last episode, um, where there are some places where there's a little bit undone and I think needs a little, some spots that could use some reinforcement. Um, but yeah, it's about ready to be shipped off and out of my life. I like it. It's a very nice quilt, so I don't have any ill feelings. But you know, when you have a project that for some reason is just taking you forever to finish, you kind of like, and you're done, you're a little bit like, good riddance, quilt. See you later, gator. Kind of, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out, that kind of thing. I'm kind of at that place with this quilt. Um, Yes, so, and, and thinking about future quilts, but this project I'm working on right now, I want to finish the top. I have to think about the quilting and how I'm going to do that. Um, but I've got some other things. And my hope is, although if I express this hope, you know it will never happen. But I do have some things that I started last year and was just playing around with that I would actually like to do something with. Um, I, I have a number of unfinished projects that I and I either need to fish or cut bait. So there's some stuff I really love and I want to finish. And there's some stuff that's like, yeah, you know, that was kind of fun to play around with. But you know, I can always donate these blocks to Scrap Exchange and someone will pick them up and run with them, you know. So anyway, uh, but I, I'm, I'm glad to, to kind of be feeling quilty. I did not finish a lot of quilts last year. You know, I don't I, I don't keep good records. I do label my quilts, the ones that are leaving the house. I need to be better about labeling the ones that are not. Obviously, this podcast and the show notes, which I complain about doing all the time, you know, it in some ways, these things are my documentation of the quilts, um, which is not going to help anyone, you know, my great-grandchildren, who probably will, you know, there's a good chance will not care about the quilts. But, uh, yeah, so one day that, that needs to be a project, just kind of labeling or doing what Jenny Doan talks about, which is just taking out the Sharpie and writing down some information on, the, you know, the back of the quilt and a you know, little corner of the back of the quilt. So, um, yeah. But anyway, so I have all sorts of dreams. It's fun feeling quilty. Uh, I have just really enjoyed what I'm doing lately. It's good to have, uh, for me, a project that doesn't have, that to have creative projects that aren't about money. <laughs> Like, will this sell? No, because it's not for sale. So that's very exciting for me. Um, I wanted to tell you, book-wise, I have just started a book, started reading a book uh, for my book club. It's called The Disappearing Earth by Julia Phillips. It was a National Book Award finalist and a New York Times Best Book of the Year. And it's a book that I might not have read in spite of all the accolades because the premise didn't particularly intrigue me so it's first of all it takes place in russia 
And whenever I see something, first, I'm like, all right, we'll have to deal with the names. <laughs> right? Uh, so there's that. And just like, Russia is cold. And, you know, Eastern Europe seems depressing to, you know, all these kind of things that are stupid, but can kind of, you know, when there's so many books to read, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to read that one. But we're, I'm reading it for book group. And, um, and it's wonderful. I'm not that far into it, but it's not what I thought it was going to be. And so, and the writing is beautiful without calling attention to its own beauty, which is, you know, so it's not like, oh, it's dense poetry, but it's just lovely in this way that, um, you know, just, just makes reading it such a pleasure. So I'm really enjoying that. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, I'm also reading, I got, and and I'm sort of, I've got, as always, all the books come in at once, but, um, I got this book, it's nonfiction called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. It's, uh, she's a therapist, and this is a book about her own experience as a therapist, but also as a therapist in therapy, because therapists are in therapy, you know, are, are supposed to see a therapist and kind of, I guess, to keep them honest, um, and and I'm really really enjoying it. And it's it's it. Oh, I think I just stepped on a needle. Huh? Hold on. Oh, I did. I see where it is. It's embedded in the carpet. This makes me so popular with my family when little when pens get stuck in the carpet. Anyway, I am someone who loves advice columns. I grew up reading Dear Abby and Ann Landers. Um, to me, it was a glorious paper that carried both. Um, I've gone on now. Uh, our paper, the Durham Herald Sun, carries Carolyn Hacks from the Washington Post. She's great. It's 99.5% of the time. Her advice is exactly the advice I would give. You know, and I don't know, if you read advice columns, then you might play that game where you read the, the letter and think, okay, well, here's what I would do, and then check what you would do against the, the columnist's advice. And Carolyn and I almost always agree um anyway so i so this uh, and when i was growing up like i my mom got ladies home journal and my favorite part was can this marriage be saved because it's an advice column so i always i i you know i always love the advice column and, and so this is similar where i'm like how is as a therapist will she will Lori gottlieb deal with these people her clients problems and that interests me a lot so anyway i'm really enjoying it um it's competing with with disappearing earth um and i know it was like when i put it on hold and i put uh <coughs> maybe you should talk to someone excuse me i'm so sorry i just did that and i'm too lazy to edit it out um forgive me forgive me I, 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 coughing has become second nature to me i'm not even aware as i'm doing it i do cover i did cover my mouth so you won't get my germs from that um I, but i've coughed throughout this but i've been pausing but not now sorry um anyway uh when i put uh maybe you should talk to someone on hold and I'm not even sure at this point I'm getting that title right, but I'm actually too lazy to get up and walk across the room again to check it. That therapy book on hold, I was like 60th in line. So I have a feeling that uh, it's not, I'm not going to be able to renew it because there will be other holds. Maybe I should put it on hold again while I'm still reading it. But it's good. I'm enjoying that. So that's my reading life right now. Uh, you know, my, my rest of my life besides quilting and reading is really doing this teaching and preparing for those classes and also i'm doing work i'm 
I'm hoping to develop an online course for young writers. Um, and I've been writing sort of the course packet for that. And then later in the spring, I'll uh, video it, you know, do the classes. Um, so anyway, so that that's another big project while I wait for my editor to get back to me with edits on a manuscript I sent her a few months ago. So lots going on. Travis the Quilt Dog is sitting next to me. He has had an upset tummy. We don't need to talk about it beyond that. But uh, I think, you know, dogs, they'll eat anything. I just think he ate something. And he seems fine other than certain urgent needs he has to go outside. So, um, but he's a good boy. Did I mention he just turned 12? Yeah, he did. I might have mentioned that last time, but I think it bears mentioning it again, just in case you haven't had time yet to, you know, send him a birthday card. It's not too late. He's a very forgiving pup. All right. Well, I'm going to be doing some more talking later this week as uh, we start seeing the QuiltCon quilts uh, as pictures are posted on Instagram. And I could not be more excited, so I will talk to you again soon. Quilt Diary Day 2. This is actually my second day two. I recorded my first day two, oh, way back in the day. Let me see, I'm over at my calendar. I would say it was probably February 23rd, the Sunday that saw the end of QuiltCon. And I had been doing a lot of very serious QuiltCon observing um, from its beginning Wednesday night when they did the award ceremony. and I, followed everybody on Instagram who was there and followed hashtag QuiltCon, hashtag QuiltCon2020, hashtag Modern Quilt Guild. So I felt like I had a lot to say, and I did have a lot to say. I had about 40 minutes worth of QuiltCon talk. But you know what happened? First of all, I was thinking, hmm, 40 minutes of QuiltCon talk is a lot of QuiltCon talk for someone who wasn't actually at QuiltCon. And then my friend Holly Ann posted a Facebook Live video. She did this last year, too, uh, in Nashville. She did it this year. It's about 30 minutes long. I don't know if it's on YouTube. Um, her last year video, last year's video is, and I'll check. But you can also just join her uh, Facebook page which I, th I think she posted it on String and Story. Holly Ann has a couple of Facebook pages. Who doesn't? Um, so I think it's String and Story. But I'll find, I'll, I'll find the link. And I was watching it after I had pontificated about QuiltCon for 40 minutes. And I thought, you know what? I actually have no idea what I was talking about. Or I had no idea. Because it's so different to see the quilts in context. To see the quilts hanging. And Holly Ann very much focused on the quilting, first of all, so which meant you got a lot of up close and personal shots of the quilts, but you also got some more expansive shots of the show itself. And a quilt just looks different, even when it's just, it's not videotape. I don't know what we call it, you want to say, even when it's videoed, but it's not really videoed, but we're going to say it's videoed. Um, and when you see it in context, when you see the scope of the quilt, that makes such a huge difference than when you're seeing pictures on Instagram, which is where I was mostly seeing pictures of the QuiltCon quilt. So, <laughs> I need to 
sorry, I, did you catch my pluralization of quilt? Yes, quilts, quilt. Um, anyway, so I just felt like, you know, I don't think I even am in a position to discuss this show. But I think Holly Ann did a great job, both in her Facebook Live and she did a, a QuiltCon blog post that I'm going to link to. And I was so proud. Holly and I, and I have been friends for a while now. Uh, when I got my, Meg's cock, my Meg Cox Quilt Journalist Tells All newsletter, which if you're not subscribing to, I would recommend. It's lots of fun. It's a, It comes out monthly. It's fairly brief, but it's it's always good. She is a journalist. She used to write for the Wall Street Journal, so real serious, hardcore journalist who now writes about quilting, and she at this point is on the uh, staff for Quilt Folk. Um, anyway, she mentioned in her February newsletter, which came out in late February, post-QuiltCon, um, that she thought the best QuiltCon wrap-up that she had seen was Holly Ann's blog post. So I think I'm going to hand a lot of this over to Holly Ann, um, who did a, an excellent job. So I have the QuiltCon magazine in front of me, but I haven't actually looked through it yet. Um, my friend Patty was at QuiltCon, and she picked this up for me very nicely. And, um, yeah, so here's what I can say about QuiltCon, watching from the sidelines, as it were, and also then, of course, watching Holly Ann's video, etc., etc. So the winning quilt is, it may be called You're a Star. The quilter is Peter Byrne who is, according to his bio, uh, a former uh, stylist and beauty shop owner. It's a beautiful quilt. It's, re it's clearly a masterpiece, but here's the thing. As soon as I saw it, I recognized it as a masterpiece. But as a masterpiece that did not touch my heart. And I thought, but what if you were standing in front of it at the show? My guess is my experience of that quilt would be so different but I mean even just design wise you could tell that it was a, an amazing quilt it's a black and white quilt which is interesting um it the the quilting is stunning and uh one of the things about the quilt I think a lot of people felt like the quilting made the quilt he quilted it on his domestic machine it's very densely quilted it's very artfully quilted and yeah, a lot of people, it's like the, the, the quilting just, uh, just, as I said, it, 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 it made the quilt. I can't think of another way to put that. Um, so it's, it's one I would like to see in person. And I feel a little bad saying it didn't touch my heart, but it didn't. But you know, there are other quilts, the quilt that won in Savannah two years ago, which I believe was called bling and actually now I think it's three years ago it wasn't two years ago um you know that was a quilt that for some reason I had seen the picture of it uh on you know online I guess uh you know before I saw it in real life I think with Savannah I didn't go down until Friday um so I'd seen pictures of it and I was just like huh eh, you know well whatevs but then when I saw it I got it and this is the thing to me with these quilts. Size matters with quilts. I'm not going to follow that analogy through to anything else. Size matters with quilts. And so, and that was the interesting thing to me about the quilt that won last year, which was called Smile, which is a group quilt. It was a darling quilt. And me and Holly Ann 
the aforementioned Holly Ann and Quilton Jenny watched this is funny we watched the awards ceremony um I guess on Wednesday night we were all in Nashville and the awards ceremony was Wednesday night I'm assuming I'm right about that but uh yes and the only the weird thing is like the video did not come through so we were like uh, but we were on Instagram so we were able to look it up and it's a cute very it is a happy quilt it is a smiling quilt it was not a quilt I was personally overwhelmed by but uh you know it's interesting it was a group quilt and you know that's significant and not only because it's the first group quilt to win um but uh, but also because that's that's got to be hard to coordinate and put together literally and uh and not figuratively but figuratively yeah maybe figuratively as you're planning things out but um when we actually went to the show the next day I think we were all surprised by how small it was. I mean, it's not tiny. It's not like a mini. But it was, you know, it was maybe lap-sized quilt. And, uh, you know, so you know, it it was a very fine quilt. I hate being negative or critical. And not, you know, it's not like because everyone in the world listens to this podcast and, of course, will be hurt if I, you know, say something negative about their quilt. But, I, you know, I like to put out positive vibes into the world I think it matters but um yeah so I'm not I'm not saying wow you know that was a horrible quilt it's not but I, I saw other quilts in the show that kind of made me go wow um and I and and the thing for uh, if it's if it is called you are a star that the the best of show quilt this year it's definitely a wow quilt and it is a big quilt and bling was a wow quilt you had to see it in person it made more sense in person. It was a big quilt in person. There were just a lot of things. Um, there, there was a sort of a, a 3D aspect that I don't think came through very well in photographs, but came through in person. One of the things I was thinking about, and I, I don't have in front of me like a list of the, the best of shows throughout QuiltCon. You know, the first QuiltCon was 2013, and Victoria Wolf's Victoria Finley Wolf's quilt one, and it's not called Faded Love. You know, I've got the QuiltCon magazine right in front of me. I mentioned that my friend Patty brought it for me, which I really appreciated. Hold on, Double Edged Love, Double Edged Love. Yes, in the QuiltCon 2020 magazine, there is a Victoria Finley Wolf overview, an article by Meg Cox, the quilt journalist. Um, it's called Victoria Finley Wolf Takes Stock. And, um, yes, so Double Edge Love was the first quilt to win QuiltCon, to win the, the Best of Show, uh, one in 2013. And, okay, so it's an idiosyncratic quilt. I think it's brilliant. I've written about this quilt. If you go, if you're interested at all, you can go on the blog and go back a couple years. And I wrote about it. Um, yeah, it's a fabulous quilt. What's interesting about the QuiltCon winners, if you follow them over the years, um, you know, some are idiosyncratic quilts and some are, you know, they're, well, I'm not going to say they're all brilliant because they're not, I, I don't actually believe that. But um, but some are more traditional, like Steph Scardell's quilt that won, uh, and I'm going to say 2018. Um, and I don't know the name, but it's, it's, it, that's one of those quilts. And I've discussed this with many people and, um, my friend Patty and I had tea today and we're talking about it. 
I think that's one of those quilts that you really have to see in person. And, you know, what it looks like in a photograph is like, wow, that's a really nice quilt. And then you see it in person. And um, from what I am told, uh, it, you know, it's like the quilting's amazing. You realize that the, the way that she pieced the quilt and it's these tiny strips and all this stuff, it's a whole different experience. But it's also, but it's not a quilt. So I think it's a, that's a quilt that, you know, is a, a technically amazing quilt and you know and and it's beautiful you know but it but it's not in terms of what it does with design overall it's it doesn't like the double-edged love just strikes me as, as a unique vision um as is true of course of uh, my brother's jeans um which was the controversial winner i'm gonna say what in 2016 um a, a quilt I loved, and many people hated. <laughs> um, but I, I thought it was amazing. So, but that, but my brother's jeans, a much more idiosyncratic quilt. Um, I'm trying to think. So, what one? Oh, yeah. And so the one that won last year, Smile, is although it's it, it's a more kind of what you would expect to see in a modern quilt. So happy colors, um, happy bright solids improvisational piecing you know it's I don't mean to denigrate the quilt but I think in some ways I'm more interested in the idiosyncratic quilts that win I think that's just true but it's interesting how it can go back and forth a little bit and this quilt um again I keep saying you know you're a star and I do think that's what it's called and I think I'm doing a good job of not calling the quilter who made it David Byrne he is Peter Byrne um but anyway, it, it, I think it is an idiosyncratic quilt. Again, not a quilt that I that I'm in love with, but but just looking at it, I, you know, I wasn't I didn't feel like, well, that was a mistake. I can't believe they picked that quilt. Um there was there were other quilts that um you know, that I did love and I would love to see in person including Bob, which won the People's Choice Award, which is just a a hilarious quilt. I'm going to ask Holly Ann if I can use some of her pictures. Um from her blog post, but I really, I will put a link to Holly Ann's blog post. Cause you, so you can see, you know, the, the quilts and what have you, but Bob is just a hilarious quilt taken from a children's drawing. It just tickles me. A another quilt that a lot of people loved and I loved via Instagram, but also, you know, people who I have talked to who were there, um, is the Squirkles quilt, which is just a, a uh, it, yeah, I, I don't even know. It's it's square. I, I, I can't even describe it. But it was hand quilted, and it may have won the award for hand quilting. I'm not 100% sure, but I kind of feel that is right. Um, and I will try to, uh, I will ask Holly, and I bet she has a picture of that. And that was um, just a really cool quilt. I thought, oh, wow, as I'm going through the, the magazine, there are a couple of quilts, and I'll see if I can get pictures to put in the show notes one is called imperfect match by serena brooks and it's it's a play on the double wedding ring and i think it's the freshest play on a double wedding ring since double-edged love i truly believe that and uh, another one that quilt i absolutely love is the applique quilt it's called clementine it's raw edged applique it is gorgeous it's so and it is talk about idiosyncratic i've never seen anything like it um, 
beautiful as the title suggests the the the, the main color of the quilt the uh, the the fabric that is applicated is a, a beautiful beautiful orange reddish orange and um yeah gorgeous quilt that was certainly one of my favorites there were a number of applique quilts that i just thought were really um exciting and fresh another quilt i liked a lot i'm just going through the magazine a little bit there's a, it's called line drawing landscape by irene roderick and irene roderick is actually uh she she i mean she's a quilter obviously she makes quilts but she's an artist and here's you know one of the my least favorite trends in in modern quilting right now are it's the use of skinny lines and elements that are quite disconnected so there's a lot of negative space um, but where there's not negative space it's almost like sampler quilts made with like little if, if someone had a white sheet on the floor and then just threw pickup sticks down at various parts of the sheet and there was nothing that really connected the pickup sticks uh to each other they were just i i don't know where this comes from maybe somebody else knows like who started this kind of quilt the uh group the winner of the group quilt uh is a kind of pickup stick that's what i'm gonna start calling it, a pickup stick uh quilt and i and, and i like it because it does feel at least like the elements of the quilt feel connected to each other now irene roderick's land, line drawing landscape also has some of the pickup sticks effect except everything is really connected um the the elements of the quilt really take up the whole plane of the quilt so uh, I, I i she had a couple quilts in the show um and i just thought she was marvelous um, yeah, so there, there, there are a lot of neat quilts, uh, but again, not being there, um, I kind of feel like, oh yeah, I thought I could talk about this in an interesting way, and I realized, no, you can, you can't. I don't know that you can talk about a show that you didn't actually attend. Can you hear the pages turning? Yes, because this is live radio, honey. Um, you know, so, but I mean, I'm so glad that I got the magazine because it's fun to look at these quilts and also quite honestly, to see the dimensions of the quilt. Um, that's the only thing. is So the uh, Modern Quilt Guild, they've done a great job the last few years. They've had an app. And I asked Patty today, because I didn't, because last year's app, I'm, I didn't know that it had the pictures of all the quilts. But apparently it did. I just didn't look at it. So this year's definitely did. And that was a really wonderful thing, to be able to scroll through all 300-some quilts uh, minus the, the charity quilts, which was too bad because I thought there were a lot of amazing, amazing charity quilts uh, in the show. And, and in fact, some of my favorites were charity quilts, um, were the charity quilts done by guilds from all over the country. But um, anyway, so you could look at all the quilts, which was really, really fun, but they didn't have the dimensions of the quilt. So it's hard to tell. It's like, is this a humongous quilt? And I remember seeing a quilt on the app. I thought, oh, that's amazing. And then when I saw a picture of it on Instagram, I realized that it was a mini quilt, you know, that it was, a, or, or it was at least a very small quilt. Um, we continue to see quilts that are not functional. Uh, I did an interview with Thomas Knauer uh, yesterday for Story Bee, which is the Quilt Alliance web show. And of course, you should be members of Quilt Alliance so you can uh, support the wonderful work we do, but also so you can watch these interviews, um, which tend to be very interesting in spite of me being a goofball. 
but uh, yeah, but that was something that we talked about because I, I just I I'm really curious about the the modern quilt guild's uh, resistance to uh, changing the definition of modern quilting. There's so few modern quilts I think at this point that are truly functional quilts that are quilts that are going to be put on people's beds. And so I don't know why the modern quilt guild insists on functionality as being a primary definition of what a modern quilt is. It's not true anymore. We're, we're seeing an evolution of a modern quilt. You know, it's, it's, it, and that is the interesting question to me. At what point does a modern quilt become an art quilt? I mean, there's a lot of overlap. Um, I, I, I felt like just overall the quilts that I saw were exciting and you know there just continues to be this really amazing evolution in modern quilting people are so good at what they do and um, just a lot of innovation and in fact in some ways I would love to see more functional quilts using modern design um, you know because it's just it's very cool to think of these quilts on beds um, but all, but as works of art I guess you know I have my, my quilt that was in the quilt con last year, uh, sit in and, uh, and I'm, uh, you know, and I'm, would I put it on a bed? I might, I might put it on the guest room bed so I could see it. And then when guests came, I would probably put on a different quilt. Yeah. So anyway, um, I am excited about quilt con in Atlanta next year. Uh, I don't know whether I will drive. It's six hours from where I live, or I might even fly. It's very exciting. The thought of not on the Sunday when QuiltCon ends, getting in a car for a long, long time. Um, I remember driving back from Savannah, um, and that's a five-hour ride. And I have to tell you, by hour four, I'm like, I might need just to, I might need to pull over and take a nap. Um, and, and I did pull over and walk around and. Because you just, it's so exhausting. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad that I wasn't at QuiltCon, but, you know, I, I spent most of January and part of February being sick. And, um, you know, that's, uh, I just, so I'm glad I wasn't going because I think that would have been very hard to get on a plane and, uh, and, and not have, you know, not be fully energized. Speaking of sick, <laughs> I hope you are, um, uh, not going, getting too worried about coronavirus, but I guess we're all a little bit worried. I think a lot of people I know are not particularly worried about getting sick, and I don't know if that's wise of us or not. I am not worried. I'm not panicked about it. Um, but, you know, I think that the worry is more like that well, we will get quarantined, that things will shut down, um, that, that we won't be able to get the things that we need because because of China kind of closing up shop. Um there is part of me that's thinking, well, you know, for quarantine, we do a lot more quilting. And, I, you know, I think plenty, plenty of us have enough fabric to get by uh, for a long time. But, uh, yeah, so, I don't, I, you know, you just got to take it one day at a time. But clearly it's spreading. Will is supposed to go to New York next week uh, for spring break. Uh, his school has spring break really, really early. And, uh, you know, so far we're kind of like, you know, fine with him going but you know the the case there's 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 getting to be more and more uh cases in new york and uh you know we'll just have to see uh, we're just gonna wait and he's actually he's going with a friend and his friend's mom and they are going to philadelphia first and then are gonna drive into new york um and and so uh, like so i think he'll be in philadelphia till 
Tuesday and then they'll go to, to New York on Wednesday. And by, at that time, you know, they'll know a lot more, right? And so they can always just not go. More live radio. The phone just rang. And I need to go pick up Will. It's baseball season. It's that fun part of baseball season where it's raining a lot and cold. And as parents, we just have a really good time going to the games and being cold. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, I'll keep you up to date about Will going to New York. We shall see. My, I don't know. We're all playing it by ear. I did want to tell you that I did. I finally finished Kate's Quilt. So that is really exciting um, for all of us. And I still haven't mailed it to her. So I've had it done for about a week. And, uh, yeah, so that's next on my list. I don't know if I'll get it done tomorrow, mailed, but maybe I will. I'm about to have one of these weekends that I hate where there's like 10 million things. You know, it's like I haven't had much on weekends at all, but suddenly I have getting ready, getting well ready to go to New York and uh, somebody's birthday party and a children's book festival that I agreed to do last fall, and now I wish I hadn't, but I've got to do it. And then the woman who lived in this house, this sounds, I don't know, this, we bought the house from a lovely couple who actually built the house, Harry and Marilyn Parton. And we met them, I, um, and they're very, very nice people. Dr. Parton died 10 years ago, and Marilyn died last week. She was 96, and she had not been in good health for a while. And uh, my friend Janet, who used to live next door, uh, emailed me and said, do you want to go to the memorial service? Because I went to Dr. Parton's memorial service. And I was kind of like, I can't do one more thing. And I felt kind of badly. And partly I was going to the, I have the, the children's book festival. But I did have that thought, like, everything is happening this weekend. Um, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it did. It was just like, If it were next weekend, I would go. But this weekend, I've got Quilt Guild. And I've got, again, my friend Jennifer is turning 50. And so there's a birthday party. And it's downtown. And I think I'm just going to go for a glass of wine. uh, Because Will's going to New York. And all this stuff. It's just crazy how everything is happening on the weekend of March 7th and 8th. But, um, yeah. So, anyway... Anyway, I think I'm going to say goodbye so I can get this posted. But yes, I have finished the quilt. I will put pictures up on um, the show notes along with links to Holly Ann's QuiltCon stuff. And I can't remember if I talked about this, but I just finished a book called The a Disappearing Earth. I can't remember if I brought it up in the last quilt diary. But we read it for my book club, and it was really, really good. It was set in Russia, and it's actually linked stories. And it's not what I thought it was going to be at all because the premise is these two young sisters uh, get kidnapped. And, and the, the way the book is described, it sounds like it's going to be this sort of detective novel or a suspense novel, and it's not at all. Um, but it was really good. And I'm, I'm not sure it's a book I would have read outside of book club, which is why I'm really glad that uh, I'm in my book club. I'm glad for a lot of reasons. We are now going on year... 18. This summer will be 18 years of book club, which is pretty amazing. All right, my friends, I probably have other things to tell you. 
um, many more ramblings to ramble, but I'm going to go pick up Will from school. Coming, um, he's, they, they played in High Point tonight, so an away game, and I'm going to go grab him, and he's going to be tired and cold. Bless his heart. Bless all of our hearts. I will talk to you soon. Life is short. Quote first. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Off-Kilter Quilt. Come visit me online at offkilterquilt.com. Until next time, this is Francis. Remember, life is short. Quilt first.